1: put the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent. up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply now back to the guys
0: gresh and fourier on weei because you had a bad day you take the one down you the side.
2: Oh, yeah. In this time slot, we used to have a producer who said that whenever he has a sad, he would ball up in the shower and just let all that hot water run down on him and maybe listen to music and stuff and, and let it out and maybe have a cry. You have a sad. Oh, you have a... I like that. You have a day. You have a bad
3: day. I'm okay with embracing the sadness and almost like piling on the sadness. I I'd like that. Feeling bad, you pick a song, uh, and you just kind of... And then it's over. Okay, now you move on. I like that. I feel like everyone should just embrace the sadness and not fight it. Have a sad every once yeah, in a while.
2: absolutely. Well, did uh, John Henry <laughs> have a sad after Red Sox uh, winter weekend in Springfield where Ken and Curtis and Arcand were out there on Saturday? And, uh, well, yeah. Normally, you figure that you are in a safe space. If you're around Red Sox Winter Weekend, that it's going to be more of the fans who would call sports talk radio with the, you know, if you guys just got behind the team, Absolutely. they would do better. You figure it's going to be a lot of those, right? And I and I say this with love, the Karabases of the world, who you know they can do is, no wrong, right? They Never the day.
3: It. It's always the the optimist. It's like yes. Dan Roach. Dan Roach Perfect was there. Example. You thought there was a there's this a convention center filled with Dan Roaches. Yep, you thought you, yeah, and I would say like Dan Roach, you know, if if that's the if that's kind of how we're using it, like you would he would never curse, he would never yell, he would even if you there was multiple signs of dysfunction and pain, and loss in the future. He would still kind of whitewash it and be like, nothing to see nothing here. To see Everything's going to be fine. We'll be all right. Oh, Cora will figure it out. John Henry, he's already spent a lot of money. That whole thing. Just the exact opposite. Yeah, it got ugly quickly,
2: so Red Sox management walked out on stage for what was this big panel discussion. They got booed, and then... We're going to amplify the audio for you here so you can hear John Henry speaking at Winter Weekend and not only the reaction of the fans, but the reaction of Henry (laughs) then trying to pick it up again and Sam Kennedy jump in to try to help this big mess.
0: I think the... the the most, uh, thing I can say is that it's expensive to have baseball players, to have the best...
1: So, <laughs>
3: Seriously?
2: So... So... So, what... What has enabled us... Over the years, to be able to spend with the Yankees and the Dodgers, and
0: is is your support, and that support is through ticket prices. It's, it's watching this but a lot of it for us is ticket. Put a product on the field. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's really important that we provide accessibility to Fenway. I mean. It, it, we cannot grow that next generation of fans without people being able to, to get there. And we do have high ticket prices at the high end, um, mostly corporations and businesses that buy, whether it's luxury boxes or lower box seats. But we also have $9 tickets for every single game, for every student anywhere in New England to come to Fenway Park for $9. And that's really important. Um, we have to make Fenway Park accessible. Um, and it's it's critical that our fans know that the revenues that we generate go to two places. They go into player payroll, into the product on the field, and they go into Fenway Park, preserving, protecting, and enhancing Fenway Park.
3: Holy cow! <laughs> and that was for somebody that sitting in the stands. Is amazing. Yeah, that's just our it is word amazing. Where do we start? I don't. I. You know what? Okay, I'll just start with what I what, what it reminds me of. It reminds me of two things. A couple like you know defunct businesses where I was like a shareholder and I actually sat in on some of the calls and then some of the shareholders were allowed to speak and they all yelled and scream at the at the governing bodies right they just yelled and screamed, you're ruining the company or we call that a surly johnson yes there you go thank you forget about the reference we'll explain it later the uh, the other one is those those old school like movies where like. You know the king and queen are like you know saying, "Oh, let them eat cake," and then all the all the peasants go, ah, "She wants us to eat cake! Ah, they're not giving us any food. We need bread and water. Ah, there's poop in my house. Like, what is sanitation? Come pick up my trash!" And they throw stuff, and then they just and then they overtake the stage, and they go, "Oh crap! We should probably get the hell out of here." That was the most unruly. Like fan appreciation day, I've ever heard in my life. Hey, guys, baseball players cost money. Shut
2: up! What a visceral reaction in a room full of people
3: that you thought would be sycophants. Really? I, I'm amazed. It's like they just don't give a crap anymore. They don't want to deal with what they perceive Here, John Henry is right. It costs money. They spend a lot of money. If you average out what the Red Sox spend as, my, as far as teams that spend money, they're still up there with the top ones. They still spend. So, but I mean, fans what are they not happy with how they they're spending They don't, they don't the money. care. So, how do you actually please them? So, uh, what what makes you th- what made them act this way? What 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 was the final straw for them to sit there and spend all this money and time and energy to go down there Hang out, sit in this crowded place, and listen to ownership, management, coaches, and players talk. Um, What was the final straw? Why Why
2: have they had it? I think now there is a little bit of a lack of awareness from John Henry, the owner. We talked about how, boy, he had to be surprised that with a bunch of Bruins fans in his ballpark for the Winter Classic, when that guy's face was shown in public, people were booing. Not even a Red Sox fan base. That's more of a Boston sports fan base of those people who are thinking Bruins first in Fenway. That guy's getting booed. And then to come out and say what he did and sort of walk right into it, that to me is just straight up a lack of awareness. And a texture out of the 413 says Red Sox fans are disgusted by the Fenway sports group not getting what the sports they own really represent over and above money, just ask Liverpool and NASCAR fans, they would boo John Henry too. I just think it is a general lack of awareness, not from guys like Sam Kennedy. Like Sam Kennedy, even though he had to jump in to save John Henry from verbally drowning right Mm, there.
3: Does it all the time.
2: Sam's not unaware of the reaction of the market. But that guy works for someone, and the person that he works for was the dude who was about to verbally drown there on stage, literally, because it furthermore makes us understand why John Henry can't come out. We've been critical of the guy for not being there. You sign Raffy Devers on a day, you should be happy. Why aren't you there? Because of moments like this, and walked right into what was a pit, just yeah, right down, fell for it, hook line, and sinker, and the fans weren't there to catch him. They were there to say, Hope you have a nice fall, buddy. And watch that guy drop.
4: Sorry I'm, to disappoint you.
3: I'm amazed. So so it's he's not a stranger to this type of environment you mentioned liverpool They're, they remember when they tried he to he shouldn't be well again i but it I, feels I, like he is i don't understand how a guy so successful so rich so smart can be so obtuse i don't get it he just doesn't understand he doesn't get it he probably wonders why are they why are they booing me yes he doesn't get it Yeah, he just he's slow to get it and i don't understand with all the smart people around him with him being so smart himself i don't understand how i think he walks out of there like i don't get it why are they yelling at me it's the same reason why like the liverpool club that he had the football club that he had he still has right is he trying to sell it uh, yeah they're, they're, they're people, they people these sales take time well remember when they tried to create like this super like league with a bunch of other teams. Oh yeah, and, they wanted to break away and, and do the,
2: like the Super League. Yeah, I guess the you would fans say. Or Super said, Duper
3: League. Uh uh-uh. uh, Right. Not this. This is not the Red Sox. We don't. They one hundred percent percent fan support killed it. Shamed him. Mocked him. I remember listening to like radio shows out there, football football radio shows, just like we do here, destroying him. And he was like, he just didn't get it. So okay, well he backs away, says forget about it, and here he is again. To me, that is probably his biggest flaw. And thank God Sam Kennedy is there. And I think he's there. He needs more people just to save him from himself. Right. Hey, it's like they don't want to hear that. I feel like the, like the reason is because I feel like they have been similar to what the Patriots have been doing this whole year with the offense. Like gaslighting you. It's my word of the year. Because you're acting like we're stupid. You're acting like we don't get it. You're acting like we don't follow. Hey, I gave up my weekend to come listen to you. I know what's going on. So don't act like, uh, you know, we're stupid. You know, or maybe it was the Xander Bogarts thing. Who the hell know? It seems like they, him, John Henry especially, doesn't know how to read the room. He just has no ability to do it. Like, he can, he can make unbelievable deals. He can spend and make lots of money. He just doesn't get it. He, feel like it's, he feels like it's okay. You know, Curtis said something on the Greg Hill Show earlier today that
2: I can kind of co-sign on, and that is the richer you get, the more removed from reality you are. And I think there was already a level of a removal of reality for John Henry and the Red Sox in general. And the road I thought you were going to go down for you was the – Well, they don't want to hear that stuff. And you know what? It is reflective in the way. Oh, the fans? No, no. The uh, The the Red Sox. Oh, okay. Ownership. uh, Again, let's just be real. What is Nesson? It's nothing more than a Red Sox commercial on most nights. There's no one over there who's going to rock the boat or do things differently. I mean, think about it. How many people have walked through that network who, instead of looking at it and saying, man, This is a regional network run by two teams that have big blueprints in this region. My God, the fun stuff that we can do. Nope. Nope. Instead, what's your your lead-in to Red Sox baseball? They do the gambling show and then Anglers Illustrated or whatever crap they're going to put on. There's no one that rocks the boat. There's no one that thinks, oh my God, we could do better if we do this. Or, we could do better if we think this way. I think it is a thought process that just permeates with the Red Sox of the, hey man, we're just staying in our lane. And as long as the money comes in, we're all good about it. This is an organizational philosophy that even bleeds over into the television relationship where you would think they got an endless pot of money there. They should be able to do more and instead... We'll run infomercials for, uh, you know, people that got uh, warts on their feet for 30 minutes at uh, 1
3: a.m. after the Red Sox are done. See, I do think it's just amazing. There's more of a European obsession with the Red Sox uh, as opposed to any other city in the United States. The Yankees have been dysfunctional, have been, you know, underachieving for years. You don't see that type of, like, anger at some sort of fan fest You look at the Dodgers. You look at the Houston Astros. You look at all these other teams. This is what sets the Red Sox apart. That's why it's hard to play here. That's why players who come here, if they're honest and open, they're they're usually beloved, even if they suck. Mm -hmm. Okay, but the fact that you kind of throw out, it's almost like, uh, hey, when John Henry throws out the, hey, baseball players cost money, and uh, you know, and it kind of we, it kind of you know, kind of felt like it weaved into. That's why prices are expensive. That's why beer is expensive. That's, That's right. why It's the highest ticket price. Mm-hmm. And then you heard some other lady be like, yeah, right in your pocket. It's like you're taking advantage of us. We, be- we love you and we're loyal and you're taking advantage of us and we don't want to take it anymore. So we're sick of you screwing with us. We're, tr- we're tired of half truth. Just tell us the truth. You let go of Xander Bogarts and you said for months and months and months you wanted to sign him. We love him. And then you let him go. Right, and then you try to make up for it like a week later by signing Devers, like that was going to like make it all better. So to me, it seems like the fans are just getting fed up with the BS that is the perceived
2: BS. But will they stop showing up? Because that is the real message to send. Well, the only way is just stop buying tickets. Well, again, stop watching. But, But a part of the reason why ownership and why John Henry is as in the clouds as he is is because there's still, what, 3 million people roam through the turnstiles every year. It's can a they, museum. Can they, can they really be that mad if they keep coming? That, to me, is if John Henry is really about the bottom line and that's why he's unaware of a lot of this, then what will people really do to affect the bottom line for him to get it other than booing him occasionally, which can just be the, uh ah, John, you're the owner, they're going to take it out on you, yada, yada, yada
0: No matter where you work from these days, take Gresh and Fourier with you on the Odyssey app. Favorite W E I. Come on, come on, come
2: on, come on! Divisional round weekend is over. The AFC and the NFC championship games are set. You can hear them right here on W E I. Eleven twenty three. Gresham Foyer here with you. We'll get to football. We got you on the phones as well at 617-779-7937. But Foyer, I know we wanted to get this to get to this a little bit earlier. We'll get to Bill Belichick and the assistance because this does tie in. Uh over the weekend, Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated tweeted out about how Gerard Mayo has been sitting in on the offensive coordinator interviews. Now, over the weekend, Sean Jefferson did his interview. All of the inter- interviews, apparently, Foyer, have been conducted over Zoom or video mm. conference.
3: Get a real understanding of what a person's like over a video conference. Exactly Absolutely. right. Further
2: leading Check to the box. sham process and the whole deal. But what do you make of Bill allowing Mayo to sit into some of these, according to Breer? And those yeah. of you on Twitch are seeing the, uh, the, uh, the tweet.
3: Yeah, so... Um What does this mean? Okay, so this, again, this reminds me back when uh, Josh McDaniels walked away from the Indianapolis Colts head coaching job. And I remember Mike Reese had this uh, report of one of the reasons why. And Terp, I don't know if you got it or not, but if you don't, don't worry about it. Um, And basically it was the whole, hey, part of the allure of staying after that dinner at Davio's was, hey, listen, You've been here a long time. If you stay, I'm going to open up my world to I you. I want you
4: to be by my side. I'm going to open my world to you. That was it.
3: I want you to be by my side. So it sound? So this situation, Gresh, I immediately thought of Josh McDaniel's, "Hey, don't leave. Stay. And if you stay, I'm going to do for you what I don't do for anybody. You're going to be by my side. You're going to be like a, a like a, I'm just going to call you an apprentice, but you're better than an apprentice. You're just going to you're just going to learn by you know, osmosis, and you're going to see what I do and see how I trick people and see how I tell them that this is a good deal for them. And and, and then you're going to learn at an accelerated rate because I know you want to be a head coach, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so I want to put you in those real-time positions, right? Because you're my protege. You're my Padawan, okay? Just like Joshua was. Now look at him. He's a head coach. Or, or he's just the assistant head coach. That's <laughs> really it. You're the assistant head coach. Let's not read into it. You're now the assistant head coach. You gotta be a part of this stuff.
2: Well maybe I, that's what it is. I
3: do wonder how much of it is Bill being
2: able to say to Mayo, "Are right, you've been on the other end of these interviews. Now I'm gonna show you how I do them. Kind of Well, thing. that's
3: the I want you to be by my side. It's I a don't leave. You're not but, ready.
2: But it's the why, right? So why? Like what does Bill do in an interview process that would be different than what Gerard Mayo would have experienced being the guy sitting across from the owner interviewing him? Like you're flipping the script a little bit. So I just wonder what could be gained for Gerard Mayo by sitting in on those, considering they're doing them over a video conference, for God's sakes. One of them's with a guy whose contract is up here, and the other three, I'll bet dollars to donuts, those guys ain't getting another O.C. interview in the whole process. And we're talking about Adrian Clem and
3: Keenan McCardell and Sean Jefferson.
2: Yeah, so, okay. Just like, the, what's the allure for I, Mayo to sit there? What would Bill have sold him on?
3: Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, all right, so listen, you know what it's like to be interviewed. Interviewed, right. Okay, you know what that's like. But I'm going to teach you what to look for, the pitfalls. Guys try to trick you. They try to act like they're somebody they're not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you. Uh, you know, the three keys to looking for a coach. You know, like I, maybe that's it. I don't know. He's Because if he is a head coach, he's going to have to hire an entire staff. So what is that like, right? I mean, you've never done it before. Let me teach you what it's like so when you do it for the first time, you're not surprised, right? You're ready. You're not some novice, and you don't get hired, and you're fired a year and a half because you didn't know how to hire a staff. Okay? So I'm going to put you, – I mean, you're going to be part of that situation. That's got to be – now maybe that isn't something that he was part of before. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it was like he was just listen you're just a, a you're a you're a position coach. You know you're a co defensive coordinator. You're the guy that talks though. So to me I guess that's valuable. I mean I guess. I mean listen if you've never done it before wouldn't you want to see how it's done? And would that would that and I would just I would just grab somebody who's done it before. I would grab somebody that I respect. I would say, hey, you've done this three times. You've been a head coach. He's going to turn to Patricia and Judge and be like, hey, not how'd you guys. hire a staff? Not those guys.
2: Or are you going to turn to Troy Brown and be like, hey? No, not him either. I didn't you know. They're, that's the thing. There's you no one. There's, maybe there's no one it. on that staff to turn to other than Bill to be able to get advice on how to set up being a head coach and how to pick assistants it. and things like I, I that. I think that's the
3: easy. Isn't that the easiest explanation? It feels to like. Why? It. Hey, listen, Bill is. And it's, so, and it's obviously. so. So, Breer gets this information. Mm -hmm. Somebody wants him to have that information. It's the same thing with the press release. Hey, we're looking for an offensive coordinator. We're going to fix this and that. We're not going to let Gerard, we're going to make sure we extend Gerard Mayo. Hey, just so everybody knows what we're doing, I'm not going to send out another press release, but I'm going to leak some information to Breer. Hey, oh, by the way, don't forget to mention this (laughs) Gerard Mayo's in on all these meetings. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. Kind of is. When you think about it, what about the other ones? What about Detroit Brown doesn't want to be a head
2: coach? because Lord knows, and it's been bandied about here for years now, everybody goes to, oh, succession plan. Oh, succession plan. Oh, there must be a – Gerard Mayo must be the succession plan. Who's the succession plan? Is there any other football market in America that is in the NFL – that has had so much discussion around the succession plan? Are people in Kansas City going, hey, well, I'll tell you that Andy Reid, it's getting old, it's chubby, you never know. Maybe they win it, he walks away. What's going to be the succession plan? The only other, the only place this is going on is here because half of the folks who ask that question want to push Bill out the door and the other half are just like, oh, my God, make me feel better that it's someone I know who might take over. That's what this has really led to. Oh boy, it must be him. Well, well, cripes. If Bill walked away next year, you'd have a guy that was a big candidate in Mayo. You'd have Joe Judge hanging around. You have Matt Patricia. And if they hire Bill O'Brien, you would have had three former head coaches on the staff with a guy who's an up and comer. And it's like, okay, that like there are people here that they could pick from. You might not like the choices, but we don't know where the crafts are at on all this as well. And it's just like, God almighty, can we just like Bill's here? Bill's here. So why are we going through the whole? I don't think Kansas City is being the boy. I hope Eric Bien-Ami is the guy taking over.
3: Stop. Let me just comment on Eric Bieniemy real quick Please because do. it just this like triggered me. There, you know, during that and over all these games, especially the playoffs, uh, the other day the game of the Kansas City Chiefs, they didn't mention Eric Bieniemy's name once. Mm-mm. They didn't show him on the sideline calling plays once. They didn't show him interacting with Patrick Mahomes or Chad Henney once. Like you wonder why he's not getting a job. You wonder why nobody's hiring him. It's almost like it's Andy Reid's. I guess he's the head coach, and is and it's his offense. But Eric Bieniemy is the one that used to be a position coach and the offensive coordinator. And then they stopped being the offense a position coach, and he's strictly the offensive coordinator. Yep. But they don't mention him at all. Like you didn't see him on the sideline once. It's like he didn't
2: exist. I think maybe one or two times in passing. I thought there was like a shot of over his shoulder. Maybe one but time. Usually but usually you're, you're no.
3: piling on.
2: Look at this, Christian. This four years ago, oh, he was supposed to be the guy. What has happened? Uh, he. What honest, has happened? He's
3: a terrible interview, is my guess. I, it's amazing that with usually that plan, that scenario, that system will will easily pr- promote coordinator after coordinator after coordinator to to head coach, to head coach, to head coach. That's the succession plan. For some reason, he's not involved in that conversation at all. Maybe he said, screw it. He lets everybody know, I don't want to do it. I'm happy and content where I'm at. But back to the why with Bill. You know why people keep talking about the succession plan? Because it's no different than Bill Walsh. It's no different than Chuck Knoll. It's no different than uh, Shula, Don Shula. It's no different. Uh, Levy, it, I feel like they know the end is near. They know they're getting older. Like the the best years are behind them. Now you're either trying to break some record, or you're just holding on because you have so much goodwill equity, and you have so many you know you know awards and championships, and like nobody wants to move you out, and you're still competing. But it, the it does feel premature, I'm sure, but it doesn't feel any different than when Shula was on his way out. And, you know, how many years do you think they started talking about his succession plan before he actually left? How many times do you think George Seifert's name was mentioned before uh, Bill Walsh finally gave it up? It, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember. I wasn't following them, But I feel like it's a natural just progression with – the with the coaching life so is it only reserved for legends
2: because yeah. the group that you mentioned Noel, guys like that yeah. all legends oh that's
3: that's i think he's in that category so naturally go wow this is four so four true. with the steelers a bunch with the the 49ers undefeated season lots of success with shula and then the other one would be um tom landry if you want to go way back you know, if you want to start using, you know, you know names that you don't really have any well, relevant names now. It took
2: an ownership change for that to happen for Jerry Jones to move Tom yes. Landry out. And, and, he brought moved, in, yep. and he brought in a guy who was, for every bit as good as he was as a coach, was, a, like, you know, Belichick, kind of a legendary GM as well in terms of the way he built the football team. And he was lucky to do it pre-free agency. That so helped dude, as well. So,
3: and that is my issue. I'm with you. It's like there's so much focus on... What is Bill gonna do next? But this this went back with Josh McDaniels. When he was up for that job, that was like 2017, 20 I don't even know when it was. It well, Indianapolis, I think it was 17. Yes. So because or even back then it was like, "All right, hey, you stay, we're gonna open, you're gonna be by my side." Before I was I was real closed off. I didn't want anyone to know how I did business. I didn't want anyone to know how the sausage was made. Mm-hmm. Okay, they may be grossed out. Okay? Now, I'm going to let you in. You're a part of a select group of people who get to know how everything works. So that's that's valuable, right, because you screwed up the first time because I didn't open up my world to you. I didn't have you by my side. Now you are now you go start your old family. Draw Mayo, you're next. We will get to Bill Belichick and what he's doing with his assistance, but Butch in a cushioned,
2: once in on Mayo, sitting in on the interviews regression. Fourier, hello, Butch.
3: Hey, what's going on, Christian? I, I usually uh... – Uh-oh. Enjoy <laughs> listening to you, and I usually agree, but I disagree on this point. I think that what's wrong with with Coach Belichick asking Mayo to sit in? There's so many benefits for Mayo to to get out of this. One is maybe Belichick wants his opinion, what his thoughts are on the people that he's interviewing. And
4: what about if Mayo becomes a head coach or goes through the interview process again? He gets to meet or he's introduced to future candidates that he may work with.
3: No, Butch, you're missing the point, though. We all, of course, it's valuable. No one's saying that it isn't. The question is why. Why? Why did he do it? Why is Breer, Albert Breer, releasing this information about, hey, oh, by the way, guys, with all the other stuff going on, Gerard Mayo is sitting in on meetings right by Bill's side. I'm not saying it. It's extremely valuable. Think about how much you can learn. But but how many
2: people has Bill, like, did Bill Belichick ever do that for Charlie Weiss? Did he ever do it for Romeo Cronell? Did he do it for McDaniels the first time around? I know he gave him that book of the, hey, here's kind of the blueprint, and Josh still went screwed it up. Yeah. Did he pull Bill O'Brien in before Bill O'Brien went to Penn State to just be like, hey, if you're ever going to be a head coach again, da-da-da, this is Bill Belichick opening things up behind the scenes to people that he could have in the
3: past, but why did he choose to do it at the points in time that he did? See, to me, it's like this new incentive package. Hey, all right, so we're gonna you want the premium? you want you want the premium gold star package? Well, if you stay, You also get to sit by my side. Oh
2: my God! Does he
3: get the big Gene Rayburn microphone? Oh yeah, you get get the. Oh, Gerard Mayo. Here's what we're about to offer you. It's a you know a, a seven figure salary with lots of bells and whistles, a company car, and oh by the way, you get to sit by my side as I interview potential. Offensive coordinator candidate. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs>
2: He's a big winner.
3: Look at this. Strah Mayo
2: gets to tap into Bill's knowledge. Oh, my God.
3: I'll take I'll, door number three. It's like a dollar.
2: And that's really the point of the that's why and when does Bill open it up to uh, some of these dudes? There's also something going on with the assistants that I got to either get off my chest or pick your brain about. Okay. So. We know that there are these, um, I'll, I'll, using the term loosely, folks. These bowl games, right? They're not traditional bowl games, as in here's Mississippi State against the you know third team from the Big Ten in a New Year's Day bowl. These are the draft process bowl games. There's the East West Shrine Game. There's the Hula Bowl. There's which the, is the
3: Polynesian Bowl now. The Polynesian yeah.
2: Bowl now, right? And then there's the Senior Bowl, and there's. Yeah other smaller ones that are kind of all over the place that your scouts might go to or whatever. But there is a high amount of Patriot assistant coaches that are involved in these various bowl games, whatever it is. Like Troy Brown is going to be the head coach in one of them, and DeMarcus Covington is going to be the defensive coordinator of one, and you've got all these different assistants that are now being a part of the process of, of, yes, coaching guys coming out of college and getting the touchy feel, get their hands on them, see what they're really like. But Bill Belichick is also, in a way, challenging his guys to take on different roles throughout this process, like Troy being a head coach. There's got to be a part of you that is giggling inside (laughs) of the, oh, my God, Troy Brown's going to run a football team for one of these weeks at these bowls. Uh But I'm not laughing. But why is Bill doing this now, where it's not just... One or two guys. It's like four or five assistants that are going to do things differently than they do here in terms
3: of these bowl games. What's he up to? Well, let me ask you this first before I answer that because I feel like this is I feel like this is normal. I feel like if if uh, I don't know who ends up each each like the senior bowl, which is the the, the best one, is coached by a specific team, right, and their coaching staff based on how they finish or something like that. Um, well, that was always the Pro Bowl from what I remember. Well, the Pro Bowl, but I feel like it's a Senior Bowl, too. It's not The Senior Bowl is not coached by, you know, 10 random coaches from no, different teams. Course, it's coached by a you specific a staff. staff. You bring the entire staff. So I feel like this is like somebody must have said, hey, oh, by the way, you guys have to coach the Hula Bowl. You have to coach the, you know, the East West Shrine Bowl. Okay, That's fine. Patriots are heavily
2: involved in. Okay, i fine. some of the senior bowl, Jim Nagy, as we know, used to
3: work. for Yeah, the but Patriots. it's still like there's only one staff that does it. Right, like, you're not going to have you know the Tampa Bay Bucks tight ends coach coaching you know one side of the ball, and then sure enough, the cornerbacks. It's it's one staff for each side. Okay, so I'm curious. It's like they probably just you know decided okay, Patriots, your staff, you have the uh, Shrine game. All right, Bill's like, well, I'm not going. I don't want to go. I'm going to send my guys down there. Two things. One, I don't want to go. I have better things to do. Of course. Okay. Three, you know, it uh, gives me a good opportunity to put some of these guys in a leadership role. You know, get him used to speaking in front and of future pros. Now we're you know, talking. that's what it is. So there's a there is a method to ac- the madness. Does
2: it accelerate the growth rate of those younger assistants, considering A, we've always heard Bill maybe lives in fear of people leaving the organization, or B, maybe Bill is realizing I gotta hurry some of these guys up. To get them up to the level of what is going to be around them. Meaning Joe Judge maybe is a special teams coach, Bill O'Brien is an OC, Gerard Mayo as de facto defensive coordinator. Hey, I need to accelerate these guys to get them to That's catch up. That's a good up.
3: point, too. And the other reason there's a reason why you're not sending Matt Patricia or Joe Judge. Those guys have done it before. Right. You know, there's a reason why Scott Pioli is not returning in some capacity because he wants to elevate and mentor and and, you know, um, uh, you know, younger, you know. Players, younger coaches mm-hmm. and also I feel feel like also it's like let me see if they can succeed at this are they any good at it maybe maybe I put Troy Brown in a leadership position for some college all-star game uh, well he'll probably won't work with any of those guys ever again maybe a couple of them if he's lucky if they end up crossing crossing paths but he has to you know he just you know he's not good at it couldn't manage the clock uh, nobody understood him his message was not clear um, you know, he was all, he was nervous. Uh, who knows, who knows? Cause don't you want to kind of weed out the week of the group? Just like any other, you know, uh, any other situation, this guy,
2: nah, not good for him. Is he hoping maybe someone's like, Ooh, I got to have that guy. I got to steal him next year. You know, that kind of thing. As not a that, coach. Not that Troy would necessarily ever
3: leave, although you never yeah, know I for opportunity. We well. now, be, listen, uh, didn't we, uh, what was it? Uh, um, who coached the Louisville? Who was it? There? I can't believe I can't remember his name. Which one? Did, uh, the Louisville, Louisville. Uh, f- former uh, Patriots wide receiver. I can't believe I can't. Oh, remember Oh, Deion his name. Branch. Deion Branch. Yeah, he coached Louisville in the Fenway. Yeah, Fenway Bowl. I think they won too. One of your teammates. Yeah, I and forgot You it. had brain block. And on I just that. saw a highlight of him like two seconds ago. Of him playing against the you know Pittsburgh Steelers and catching all those passes in the AFC, And Chiefs I
2: think that thing. was because Satterfield, the head coach at Louisville, had signed on to go to Cincinnati because yeah. Luke Fickle left. And then yeah. Satterfield, I think it was him, was in between. I yeah. hope it was him. It's I, a I'd weird, try. weird ball game. Very, very weird setup, to say the least. Uh, but interesting what's going on in terms of the Patriots and trying to get that staff maybe up to speed or sort of challenge them in different ways. Don't forget, you can get a hold of us on Twitter – Follow us on Twitter, Gresh, Fourier W-E-E-I, on Instagram. It is Gresh and Fourier, and your lunchtime parlay is next. W-E-E-I.
0: W-E-E-I. New England Sports Original.
1: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward.
0: Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Crash. And until you, on WEEI.
1: Get Boston Sports Original on the go, wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app.
2: All right, everybody, here we go the lunchtime parlay. And, well, the lunchtime parlay, as we were rolling into the weekend, uh, went kaput. How about the Cleveland Cadavers? On Friday night, they played Golden State. After Golden State rolled in here, they sat down everybody. And I mean everybody, like Steve Kerr. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you saw this. Yeah. On Friday night, Steve Kerr did press conference before the game, and it was the – well, you know, people save a lot of money to come to these games, and now you're sitting down all these players. And he was just like, well, you know, the regular season's real long. If we were at 72, I wouldn't have to sit these guys as much, blah, 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 just deflected, deflected, deflected. Then Golden State went out and got a win. They played great. Cleveland rolled over like it was. Ah, we can roll the balls out. We're good enough, so... My Cleveland minus eight got torched. Josh <laughs> Allen did not throw over one and a half touchdowns. And luckily, Terp saved us from the, uh, well, the golden Sombreros 0-4. It would be, uh, the, the I guess, the, the triple sombrero, let's say. Uh, but Terp had the 49ers covering over the Cowboys. So we're back up on that horse again. We we're only down $76. And all we got to do is hit a couple three-teamers, and you are uh, go from the red to the black real quickly. So I'll start. I don't know if you saw uh, Kansas at TCU over the weekend. Wolf, KU got pantsed by TCU. They got a tough one against Baylor tonight. It's Baylor minus two. Uh, I'm just going to go safe. Baylor on the money line over Kansas. Don't know if it's a one-point win. I don't want any wonkiness. Just give me Baylor rolling on Kansas right now. Who's definitely kind of a downtrodden a little bit? Uh, Terp, what do you got? Give me DeJounte Murray over 21 and a half points tonight in Chicago against the Bulls. Uh, he's averaging 28 over his last five, so this number doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And Atlanta's playing some good basketball lately, so somebody has to score those points. Rumblings that Trey Young is not happy in Atlanta already, which uh, that didn't take long. They traded Luka for that guy. Just remember that. Bad relationship with the head coach is not good. Oh, no, it isn't. And, of course, it'll be, well, who do you want in here, Kyler Murray? <laughs> so, I'm going to be one of those deals. Billy, what do you got? All right, Marcus Smott's out. Robert Williams is questionable. Brogdon's out. Give me Jalen Brown over 27.5 points Ooh. tonight in Orlando. Oh, baby. So, Jalen Brown over, DeJounte Murray over in points, and I'm going Baylor on the money line over Kansas and College Hoop. Ladies and gentlemen, $10. $10. Just a very simple ten
3: dollars will win you sixty three dollars and thirty five cents. There you go, there you go. The uh, the I like the Jalen Brown one because uh, he got twenty seven on what Saturday, and you would think like with uh with with all the extra opportunities with everybody out and this his willingness to I'm going to save the day. He should be over twenty seven. If he isn't over twenty seven, then that's that's just, I mean, these are the these is this is when you pile on your stats. This is when you confirm to everybody that you should start in the All-Star Game.
2: Uh in theory, yes. You're right. In theory. Like, in theory, yes. Now again, not a ton of spots. A lot of guys get some automatics. Kind of see what happens there. You'd like to think that Jalen Brown would be an all-star and that people would give him that kind of respect, but they're going against an Orlando team that's supposed to be getting some people back as well. This is one of those, Monday night against a bad team at home, don't have the letdown, try to have a great fourth quarter, use your bench as much as you need to. That's why those guys are there. Figure out a way to get a win. To me, this is Pure survival for the Celtics tonight. Uh, back to football. Nick and Weymouth once in on the Bills losing with Gresham Fourier. Hello, Nick. How
4: are you guys doing? Uh, clearly, they were outplayed. The other team had a better quarterback, better everything all around. But what's amazing is how can you go back to the Patriots winning in a snowstorm and there, never threw a pass? How can you have a team in Buffalo and can't play in the snow? In other words, no strategy. They've got the players. Uh, I, it looks like a huge uh, meltdown by the coaches. And uh, one final thing. <laughs> what is there, a time limit on a catch? That, that thing with, uh, what's his name, uh, Chase, that was clearly a catch. He didn't get two feet in bounds. He got four feet in bounds. The guy kept trying to wrestle it out of his hands. So put it. So turn this around. What if you're at midfield, you're a tight end, you catch it, you bobble it for 15, 20 yards. Nobody touches you, and you go down in the ground. And you still bobble it when you go down on the ground, but it never touched the ground. And I'm talking you ran 15, 20, you know, 10 yards, you're bobbling it the whole way. Why is that a catch? Well, the so. problem is, is, is that he, time he ran when out. Time he, no,
3: George Kittle had one in the middle of the field in, in yesterday's game right. against the Cowboys. The problem was that he ran out the back of the end zone. Right. So the so the, the back end line kind of caused them to kind of, you know, hey, listen, did he have control over it? That's that's what it was. You could bobble it for 99 yards if you want. It doesn't matter. Just don't jump out of the back and fall out of the back of the end zone. The
2: issue is also that if you make a catch and you cross the goal line, then it's in. And the, hey, did you have possession of it when you were in the end zone? Therefore, it should be like crossing the goal line. We're starting to get into all those semantics as well. Yeah, it's not timed. It's more of the whole, like you said, Christian, falling out of the back of the end zone. The NFL has created this mess. I don't know if they're ever going to be able to fix it. No. They're not going to be able to put the toothpaste back in the tube when it comes to catches in this league.
3: No, they're not. And I don't know, is is the farther you get... From the first original catch rule, and, you know, uh, you know, cont- what is it they call? They call it... Uh, not con- surviving S- the Survive ground? the ground. That's right. Survive... I remember, like, if you caught the ball and, like, you caught it up in the air, you got two hands on it, and then you hit the ground, if you lost it, it didn't matter. Like, listen, hey, c- ground can't, can't cause a fumble. That was the yes. I used to love that. Mm-hmm. Now... You have to survive the ground. Listen, it just it does it changes all the it's time. A mess. Like calling games when you have these type of situation, they go, "Oh no, okay." Did he bobble it? What did he bobble? it? All right, I think they're gonna overrule it. Like, <laughs> dude, I never know. Even if I have all the rules in front of me, mm-hmm. and I have the definition, and you go through my checklists, okay, got to see this first, got to see that, okay. Listen, that, listen, they they it's a catch, sure as hell. After further review, we have determined that he it is not a catch. I am like, oh, well, I don't know what the hell they're looking at. I honestly don't have a clue what they're looking at because every time they give me the rules or they go over the rules, even in a live game, it feels like they go against their own rules. It's like, "Ah, I'm in the mood to uh, feel this way. Or there is the tuck rule
2: equivalent of something within the catch that none of us knew, and it's like, oh,
3: I didn't know that was a part of what would make a secure catch. Patrick Mahomes had a fumble to me in the game against – The Jaguars. Like, Uh he fumbled the ball. He was kind of hobbling, and it was an obvious fumble to me, but then they ruled it an incomplete, which is weird. Same thing with Josh Allen. I felt like, yeah, I felt like that was just a, hey, he's Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, you know what I mean? I felt like he was getting the Jordan treatment, the Jordan rules treatment. But
2: then they did it it in the Bills game with Allen, and it was more of a flawed rule. If your arm's up like this – and your and the guy stops the arm and the ball comes out. I don't care if your arm's moving forward or not. The defender's
3: making the play. Yeah, I don't see my thing is I would just keep it simple. If you cough up the ball whether you were trying to pass or you're trying to run, that's a live ball. Correct. So let's not try to like really figure out the exact instant where you were attempting to throw. We're going to frame by frame this. If you let go of the ball, it's a freaking uh, fumble. It's just plain and simple to me. I don't know. It's but again, how dare we use logic? I know, I know. Well, That's our if, problem. But if what if this happened? Oy, really, there is always that group. Well, what about this? There's always there will always be something like you could sit there and practice for every scenario. Something will come up where you have not practiced, you've not rehearsed, you've not even thought about it, and sure as hell, it's right in front of your face. And
2: dude. the only guy who's covered it is Bill Belichick.
3: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: We head into the lunchtime hour of Gresham Fourier. The Bruins keep winning. The Celtics survive in Toronto. And the latest on the Patriots OC search, if there is anything. Next.
1: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.